Hello, and welcome to the Palmetto Report. I'm Rebecca Davis, alongside my co-host, Dr. Joseph Casco. Thank you for joining us. In the spirit of Halloween, today we are talking about paranormal activity and haunted sites in the Carolinas. The Charlotte Area Paranormal Society has been investigating ghostly activity all over the East Coast since 2005. This group is a nonprofit organization that conducts research and investigates for people who have had ghostly experiences. The group's goal, according to its website, is to document and prove the validity of haunted places. Today, we are joined by Tina McSwain, the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society's founder and executive director. Tina, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So, how did your group get started? I started the group in 2005 after I had been in several others, but I wanted a more scientific approach to the study of paranormal activity, so I formed CAPS in 2005. So how often does your group investigate paranormal occurrences? We usually go out in one form or another about once a week, so somewhere around 50 cases a year. So what is the process that your group usually goes through when one of these cases comes through? We'll get a phone call, and we could get something as simple as just uh, an over-the-phone interview. Um, We could also do something as simple as a consultation where we would go out and meet with the homeowner or business owner in in their uh, location and see what's going on. After the next escalation would be an actual investigation where we took in the team, did uh, research as far as history of the property, brought in the equipment that you see on TV, and do an actual investigation. And then we do have, I guess you'd say, a fourth level where we would come in. If you know that you have something, you have seen something, visitors have seen something, neighbors have seen something, and you want this thing gone, we have a specialized team that can help you possibly rid yourself of of a, you know, a, a spirit that you don't really want in your house. So you mentioned some of that high-tech equipment that you see on TV. What is some of that equipment that y'all use, and how does it work to validate a ghost uh, experience? One of our favorite pieces is called a FLIR thermal imaging camera. FLIR is just the brand name, but it's a thermal imaging camera which shows you know, a, a regular picture, but it shows by um, color, and the color indicates the temperature. So like if, if you and I were on this FLIR it would show that we're about 98 degrees. It shows us looking like people. But yet, what if there's a spot over there that's a different color? Then that might be something that we're interested in. It could have picked up some sort of entity. So what color or what temperature might something, an entity, an uh, energy source, what might it look like on this image? Usually it's going to be either totally black, which would be almost devoid of heat, or totally white, which would be the highest color. And um, therefore, our process, we believe that ghosts are actually energy. So if you're looking for energy, then you would see that in the highest level, energy would be the hottest that you have you know, in the spectrum. And how often have you captured images that look like that? We actually have a very good set that we captured at uh, Rosedale Plantation over in Charlotte of uh, who we believe is an entity looking out the back window at about one o'clock in the morning. Uh, So how often are your ghostly claims verified by the group? Do you get a lot of bogus claims or a lot of them actually real experiences with ghosts? For us, most of ours have been some sort of real experience. It it may be, um, you know, from just what we call residual hauntings where 
things are almost like on a video loop in the old video loop. And it could be an intelligent haunting where someone is actually there. We, we get a lot of that. And from time to time, we get things that, you know, we can debunk, so to speak, whether it be, you know, knocking in your house, and that could be your air conditioning system or plumbing pipes that are loose. You know, people think it's footsteps, and it's really not. So we come in and do a complete assessment of, of what you've got going on there. Of 50 investigations a year, what percentage do you think you discredit or discount? Maybe 10, 10 percent, 10 to, you know, 10 to 12 percent of those, um, you know, over-imagination, uh, a plausible explanation, you know, and then the others we, we look at more more closely. So you mentioned earlier that um, team that can come in and rid the house of ghosts. So what what does that exactly mean? What do they do? Well, it's it's a process. Um, we have several people who are well versed in in different religions. Um, we have a uh, Native American shaman that uh, consults with us. We have um, someone who is well versed in paganism uh, who consults with us. We have a Wiccan who consults, and we have. Um, Christian and other denominations, and then we have people that are more, I guess you would say, metaphysical in in background, and um, all those folks come together, and we we formulate a game plan and um, work with the homeowner to see if we can somehow get a resolution for all involved. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. We're speaking with Tina McSwain, the founder and executive director of the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society, a group that researches and investigates paranormal activity. Um, So what are some of the most haunted places in the Carolinas that you've been to? Some of the more haunted places, we've been down to the USS North Carolina battleship in Wilmington. It's got a long history of haunts, and we've been there to check it out, and, and it is haunted. Um, over in Charlotte, uh, we would have to say that Rosedale Plantation is is haunted. We um, have uh, many investigations there throughout the year, and we've gotten some really pretty good evidence showing, you know, that that's a, a good haunted location to check out. There are so many buildings downtown, um, restaurants that uh, in the Charlotte area that are that are haunted. In your area here. Um, we have um, a little town called Brattonsville, and um, we'll go out and walk up and down the street um, at Brattonsville at night, and a lot of times we'll get some things, you know, that uh, on EVP or uh, photos of things that really, you know, shouldn't be there. Um, we and believe we've seen ghosts in Brattonsville. Explain what EVP is. EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. If you've got a digital recorder and you're asking questions, and you get a voice that shouldn't be there. If you know, let's say you and I are two females, um, along with uh, our co-host is a male, let's say that we're all adults, and all of a sudden we get a voice of a child. Well, we know that there's no child here, but yet a child voice has shown up on our recorder. So what do you think of some of the ghost stories that are associated with Winthrop? You know, I would actually like to get into Winthrop and um, investigate some of these. Now, I am aware that you have a, a, I believe it's a dorm here, and correct me if I'm wrong, where the third floor or fourth floor is not used. Tillman Hall, that's it, yeah. Which is the, it's it's more like an office building. Okay. Yeah. Um, Many stories go way back that your Tillman Hall, that floor, is uh, got something strange going on. Um, I'm also familiar with the chapel here. 
I've actually seen a picture that somebody took in your chapel, and it's a very interesting picture. Um, the uh, saying that there's something going on perhaps in your chapel. And then the last thing I heard was uh, you've got some sort of tunnels. Um, do you have some tunnels here that could be closed now, but maybe were open years ago? And those are a little you know, interesting to, to try and get to as well. What about uh, one of the great stories of hauntings in North Carolina is the, the Brown Mountain Lights. And I understand your group went and did an investigation there a few years ago. Tell us about that story. We did. And for whatever reason, we seem to be very lucky. Every time we go, for the most part, we can see the lights. Um, we tend to go up and go to Wiseman's View, which is actually across the valley from Brown Mountain. And we've been able to see the lights anywhere from 10 p.m. until about 1 a.m. And they look like huge spotlights. Um, they come up, seem to rise up um, out of the lower part of the valley and go straight up against uh, the uh, rock face of Table Rock. And they, if you were seeing like a spotlight from, a, from say, a mile away, that's what they look like. Sometimes they actually will twinkle or... Um, change colors. And as a matter of fact, we're thinking about going back about November the 30th, if anybody would like to come up and join us. And we should point out these lights have been seen so often that even the U.S. government has investigated this on three separate occasions. Of course, they attribute it to, I think, the first time U.S. Geological Survey in 1922, they attribute it to like swamp gas or marsh gas or something like that but uh. they do but they've actually um now that you mention it they've been cataloged all the way back into the 1700s there was a german um explorer surveyor who was up into the north carolina tennessee mountains and even he i think as far back as say 1792 or somewhere in the late 1700s wrote about these lights in his journal even that far back uh, so what do you would you say is the most haunted place that you've ever been? I would have to say, hands down, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. It is a was a tuberculosis uh, hospital. Then it turned into, um, over time, was a, a home for the elderly. Then it became abandoned, stayed abandoned for, say, 20 years. Um, there were vagrants that lived there. Um, there were rumors of uh, satanic cults that went in. So, you know, pretty uh, dilapidated place by the time the current owners took over and tried to restore it a little bit. But we've been there on three different occasions, and I would have to say I have seen more and felt more in, in that location than, than anywhere else I've been. So have you ever felt frightened or threatened during an investigation? Not really frightened or, or threatened. I, I was one time pushed down, actually shoved down to the ground, and that's when I first realized that the spirits did have the energy capable of doing that. So it was a more of a, a shock than, than, than fear, just to realize that they could do it. So why do you think it is that people are so interested in ghost stories or the paranormal? I think it's just a, a natural curiosity. Um, you know, we want to know perhaps what happens to us after we die. Is there somewhere we go? Is, you know, what is that process like? And then the fact that, you know, there are ghost stories from really the beginning of writing. 
Um, you can go back. There's an old Indian poem called the Mahabharati, and it's about 2,500 years old. And there is a story in there of a ghost sighting. So it's been prevalent throughout human history. So it just continues to to intrigue and and um, you know pique people's curiosity. What's the reaction people get when you tell them that this is something you do? If you know me, you already know um, you know that I'm that I'm a crazy ghost hunter. But um, I tell people, and they you know some people are just all about it. They they want to you know they want to know. They they ask questions. Other people, well, I don't believe in ghosts. And, you know, I'm a skeptic. And, you know, until those folks have an encounter, they're, they're not going to believe any other way. Do you have a skeptic on your team that you work with? We actually all look at it um, with, with a, a good, healthy amount of skepticism. I mean, we, you know, we go in and we're, we try to see what somebody could think, you know, that something is, is wrong, especially pictures. So many people will tell us pictures, well, there's a ghost in the corner. I'm like, no, afraid not. That's just the way the... The light is and, you know, it's a little bit dark over there and, and you're using, you know, your mind is causing you to pixelate that that picture in your mind. And your and your first thing you're going to see is a face, but there's no face there and there's no ghost there. And certainly people will be listening to this and thinking this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I mean, correct. what what do you what do you think's at play when when there's something someone encounters that they can't explain or. How do you explain it? A lot, a lot of your encounters, for the for the you know just normal every everyday people, is can be relatives. If you have a relative that passed, a lot of times the relatives will actually come back, let's say, and they'll make a they'll make their rounds. You always hear stories of spouses, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I dreamed my spouse was sitting on the foot of the bed after he died," or. Um, you know, an aunt or an uncle or a cousin will come back and, and almost give that last goodbye. So I think a lot of um, people see relatives that are in transition to pass. If you lived in a quote-unquote haunted house, maybe an older home, and the folks never left that lived there before you did, and it doesn't have to be an older home. It could be a brand-new home that was built on land, and perhaps the land had a, a ghost attached to it that it just now is coming out because you have a house that you've just built on it. So there are different um, different reasons. So do you have any ongoing investigations that you can share about or a recent one that you've done? We just came back from um, the Chester County uh, Jail and Museum down in Chester, South Carolina. We did an investigation for them on um, just past Friday night where we actually took um, the public in. It was a fundraiser to uh, help... Uh, restore the the jail and museum down there and then um, Saturday night we actually went as caps and did um, a lot of investigation um, got some pretty decent evidence and if you're interested you can go to our caps Facebook page and check that out Tina thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me and happy Halloween I'm Rebecca Davis and you're listening to the Palmetto Report